Hey everyone, welcome to the seventh episode of the Convergence Podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri, and today's guests are Vijesh Rajan and Yashoda Partsarthi. They are the founder and co-founder of Plexus, a motion design studio which has designed the title sequences of some truly epic projects like Gangs of Wasipur and Sacred Games. Over the years, they've collaborated with some of the biggest names in the Indian entertainment industry, and it was really fun to talk with them about their journey so far. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Plexus. I can repeat it if you want, but I was just I because you asked and I, it took me some time to think about what all happened and it just took me back to the past and how we met and we uh, I was a big fan of his work and I started like following him. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, and he would put up the work, and then I just knew that at some point, if he hire me, <laughs> then I would be. I would love to be a part of his company. And then he put up this post of like he put this logo of Plexus, and I was just like, I have to meet this guy because I what I'm doing, and uh, I'm not very happy with it right now. I need to meet him. And then we met, and we just over cookies and milk were just talking about films, and <laughs> we just decided to. ंगजिंग packaging is what you have for 5 seconds at the end of your commercial or like you have maybe like a prime tv show jiska you know like a reality show or something jisme mm-hmm. the audience doesn't really care about the concept of the show it's more about the show ka logo animation thoda acha hona chahiye so it's packaging is a term for that it's like a very old tv terminology so uh it's been tagged along so that's what people always thought that it is uh and it's been called that a lot and i used to, i find it offensive i'm like no i don't do packaging sorry i do tagging sequences <laughs> yeah i mean pa- packaging is like a whole different industry in itself and i think also the clients themselves earlier were not that well educated in india where they were separating the fields and calling in experts from that specific field and only yeah. when artists start their own companies or become really well qualified professionals they're able to showcase that okay this is what packaging is or this is what motion design this is what title sequences is and i feel title sequence doesn't even get that much importance in the indian context of films i feel like only recently that has become better and better yeah true correct how, how did you guys like decide to start a company and like before that rather let's just go back a couple of steps and talk about like how did you get into this field itself like because individually you had your own careers before the company came into existence before plexus was a reality so how did you individually start maybe yashoda you can start yeah so for me i i was actually i always loved films as a kid like uh, you know i 
I am a Tamilian. I was born in Chennai. I was uh, brought up there for some time, and then in Bombay. Then we shifted our base to Bombay. So I saw, I like growing up. I saw a lot of movies because my grandmom and uh, granddad used to watch a lot of movies, and it's a big culture down south, you know. But the Rajnikanth film, you know how it is. It's mm -hmm. just like crazy. And then my parents used to also like enjoy watching movies. So uh, for me, films was there was there was just something you know it was magic like you know the stories being told was magic so i when i was a kid i thought oh sometime when i grow up i'll get into films and i'll do something but i had no clue what i was going to do or whatever and then i went with the flow i did my 10th i did my graduation i took science because everybody was doing science and i was just lazy i thought three years graduation and then i'll figure out what to do and sometime while i was graduating is when i realized uh, like maybe yeah nine to five is not my thing it's not gonna happen <laughs> I will never fit in uh, in that uh, box of nine to five office going person I'll have to do something more I need to express a lot more and uh, that's when that's when you that's decided when, you wanted to be nine to nine to nine to nine, to nine. <laughs> <laughs> not nine to five it's like yeah. it's never ending right yeah. the cycle of work in our industry yeah. there is no cut off time anyone will call it any time and then so yeah <laughs> well jokes aside but i was i i still didn't know like my dad i spoke to my dad i had a conversation with my dad i'm gonna not become a scientist i'm not gonna do anything in research or whatever i'm gonna get into films and my dad was like okay that's great you know you know which direction you want to go but what in films mm -hmm. and then that put me on this journey of figuring out what to do what all do i like and then for a year, I couldn't figure anything. I was still uh, researching, reading books, and at that point of time, there was there weren't many um, websites or portals, or uh, even YouTube was not there, or I don't remember, or it was not big enough that you could learn anything about films. And then one fine day, my mom just uh, saw this ad uh, on the newspaper stating that there's like an education exhibition somewhere in. Uh, Ruya and the others. So she was like, you've been sitting at home for months now. Just like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just go take a walk and go to this exhibition. Just have a like, have a look at it and see if something clicks. If you find something interesting there. And after I, when I went there, I saw this. Um, there were many panels and like many different little ex exhibitions over there. But there was this one exhibition which was showcasing all of these. Uh, massive action sequences from films mm -hmm. and uh, at that point it was called big aims big animation it was a reliance animation franchise studio where they were teaching this was the first batch for whom they were ready to teach animation and visual effects filmmaking and i saw the clip there and i saw the brochure and i asked the person who was sitting there that teach how to make films here she was like yeah we teach everything right from Story, uh, uh, script writing, storyboarding to animation to, to editing. To I was like, okay, sign me up right away. Mm -hmm. I went home. I told my parents, this is what I'm gonna do. I figured it out. I'm gonna learn this. Uh, and then from there it started. And then you know, uh, initially, then I did. Um, I finished my course, but then I realized that I want to do. I also want to gain like set experience. So I, uh, because at that point of time. I learned everything about filmmaking, but motion design was not a thing that I had locked on to. There was no specialization. It was a course about everything. And I really enjoyed script 
script writing, storytelling, and I also enjoyed filmmaking and uh, post-production part of things. So then, but I didn't know anything about production. So I wanted to learn more about production, and that's when it's I started looking for jobs as an AD, and you know, I did a bunch of commercials. I did like one feature indie film patchwork. I did you know small small things, and then finally. Uh, I got into this company called Kiki Digital Media. They had an opening where they were willing to teach, uh, uh, like they were they wanted an editor as editor's assistant. Okay. But at the same time, the person had the opportunity to create their own, like produce their own content, like shoot and uh, write, shoot and edit. And that's when I started exploring a little more. For for a year when I was there, I did edits. I came up with concepts. I you know shot. Um, like music videos for indie artists or artists that they had signed, tied up with. And that's where I met Vitesh. And then I did a lot more research about his work because his work was so cool. And I I realized that this is this is what I want to do. This is what my visual should look like. This is what my film should look like. And how do I do it? Like he would be the right person to learn it from. And that's when, uh, like, like I said before, I started following him on Facebook and Instagram and I saw his... Uh, I saw his fun post, which where he had put up this logo of Flexus, and he said, "I've started my own company. I'm looking for after effects artists." And I was like, "Sign me up. <laughs> when can I meet you? I really want to collaborate with you." And we met, and we had some cookies and milk, and we were just talking about films and the kind of films that he liked, the kind of films that I like, and what he specifically liked about movies. And we were both South Indian, so we we understood the whole. Ah, theater me jana hai. Or we were watching Friday Magic, you know. We understood that, and that's where we sort of uh, gelled. And we we both were like, "Bro, I want to make title sequence." And he was like, "Yeah, I totally want to make title sequence." There's this interesting. There's this one title sequence that that's come up, that's come my way. It's for this director, Malayalam film director called Jo Pelisen, uh, for a film called Double Barrel. And I think you should be uh, like, I would like to collaborate with you. We should do this one together. And From there on, it was no looking back. We started working together, and then started building this entity called Flexus. You know, it's been I think six years now uh, that we've been working together. That's you, awesome. You tell your side of the story. We are ready for this story. <laughs> My side of the story. Yeah. But uh, I think what her, I I really find that uh, her journey is very inspiring because uh, from the point that we met. and we decided that we want to i mean our conversation wasn't just that we wanted to title sequences we were thinking of making films that's where the conversation of always was and uh we also discussed that title sequences are cool but we didn't think that we're going to do title sequences for a living yeah. you know that just happened you know um where i started was when i was 11 or 12 <laughs> this friend and me used to always make these really funny he had a really good handicap uh, you know at that point of time we had dv tapes mm-hmm. so he had a dv tape handicap and used to make these really stupid parody films uh like hollywood parody films so it's like the fair bitch project you know <laughs> <laughs> like a horror comedy in which there's this fair bitch apparently and then like you have to find her and then you then there was this broken down house there and we went and you know in the end of there which project there's someone standing in the corner no i haven't seen yeah. it so one of us i don't know you haven't seen it i won't spoil it for you 
But yeah, we were doing parodies of films. Uh, and the, the the coolest thing about how we used to do it is that we didn't know how to edit, right? We didn't know uh, in the tape, you have to digitize it and then you can edit it on something. Mm-hmm. So we used to shoot in sequence. Oh, okay. <laughs> we shot and each take in sequence and tape over and tape over and get the take right, you know, like that. And then the coolest thing was our end credits my friend was a web designer, so he knew how knew how to use Flash. So he would do these end scrolls, which we would then record from the screen oh to make God. the end. So, uh, but the good thing is because he knew Flash, he used to do a lot of tricks on it, and I really thought they were impressive. You know, like titles would just come in from the left and the right, and then ramp and slow, and then move out of the frame again. So I used to be like, "Wow, that's so cool! I want to do that someday." And all, and uh, that. That was that. And then like we knew that we wanted to get into films, you mm-hmm. know, but we didn't know how because I was brought up in the Middle East. I was brought up in this uh, in Bahrain, uh, which is like a small island next to Saudi Arabia. So there's no film industry there as such, you know. Uh, so then the whole thing was about moving to India and like we were big fans of Bollywood and Malayalam cinema and mm-hmm. Tamil films and like we've seen everything, you know. So we wanted to get in somehow, but we didn't know what the plan was. And uh, it all just kind of fell into place when uh, when I think I was doing my... So I moved to Bombay for doing BCom because you don't have like Indian uh, graduation programs in, in Bahrain. So you have to, at some point, most kids used to come to India, do their graduation and then either go back or find a job here. Okay. So I came here to do my graduation and I was doing BCom and CA at the same time, the foundation course. You know? So one day I just got really sick of it and uh, I had made a bunch of friends because I was in this college band and all. And all these friends of mine were like BMM kids and BMM was introduced that that year only in SIES college in Siam. It was the first year that BMM came. Mm-hmm. So I used to find BMM damn cool. All these kids used to wear like amazing, like really cool clothes and they used to like always hang out and they used to walk around the campus shooting stuff and all. I'm like, oh shit, this is what I want to do, you know. But my dad was like, no, you have to finish foundation course and then you have to finish your intern and then you have to intern uh, in some bank or something and then you will become a chartered accountant. That's what his plan was for my life. <laughs> But I used to just be like, I used to go and sit in those classes. I used to bunk my classes and go and sit in BMM classes. Uh, and I used to take part in their short films and all that. So I made some really good friends there who are still friends of mine now. And I collaborate with some of them also even now. But yeah, I mean, the the I had no real plan except that I want to somehow just fit in and you know make things and be part of the film industry. And uh, then at one point, I mean, I mean, obviously I failed CA and I just barely scraped through BCom. <laughs> so my dad was like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you do well? And I, then I told him, listen, I'll, if I manage to find myself uh, a college that I can get into where uh, like, uh, for like literally no money at all, will you support my decision to go and do filmmaking, you know? So I got a scholarship for this uh, for, uh, to a college in Australia in the Queensland College of Arts. I got a scholarship for a full filmmaking course. Oh wow! So I went and did that, and then uh, of course that was a whole other story. It's a very long story. It's like me 
barely being able to survive there because the living costs were so high. So I was doing two jobs, balancing college and all. I don't know. The whole thing is a blur. How those two and a half years went, I only don't know. But then after two and a half years, I my visa expired and I had to leave. So then I moved back to Bahrain because parents were like, you can't go to India, you can't get into the film industry, come here, I'll fix you up with some job and all. Mm-hmm. I moved to Bahrain. And so this is interesting. This is where I got a job at uh, Ogilvy in Bahrain because I have a screenwriting background. I majored in screenwriting. So I got hired there as a copywriter. Okay. Wow, what a long story this is. But yeah, uh, I was working as a copywriter in Ogilvy and uh, I had my eyes on the production division because they were handling the production of the entire Middle East and uh, North Africa region uh, of the commercials that were made there. Mm -hmm. So the producer there was actually uh, my dad's uh, some my dad's student's dad basically one of my my dad is a teacher there you okay. know, so I kind of spoke to him and I told him can I intern under you he said yeah it'll be fine so I stuck around as a copywriter but then he got moved to Dubai <laughs> and then I was stuck there as a copywriter uh, and then you know I didn't know whether and the pay wasn't good and it was like almost a year of almost a year and a half when uh, I got a better job offer at Saatchi and Saatchi. So then I ended up, ended up working at Saatchi and Saatchi. And there is when my eyes opened to design. Like until then, I didn't care. I used to think I'm a writer. I used to just work on, you know, scripts for different brands, like uh, whatever my, my brands were. Uh, but when I started looking at design as uh, something that's interesting, something that is like artistic, you know, Uh, a centimeter here or there can actually make a difference to an entire image. Then I started really enjoying the process. And the good thing about Sarathi was that their work environment is a lot more free. And I I was hanging out with uh, graphic designers, art directors and everything from South Africa, from uh, UK, from US, from Canada. So they had like a completely different background and and very evolved design thinking. Mm. And it's over there that someone showed me artofthetitle.com. Oh, that is a brilliant website, yeah. It's a brilliant website and I was blown that, oh, something like this exists that, you know, in films like uh, stuff that I really like, like David Fincher films, he really wants good title sequences, you know, and these guys are interviewing title sequence designers and getting their perspective on the film and why they chose a particular visual style and all that. So I was like floored by that and I actually spent a lot of time on it. And in fact, that's one of the conversations we also had when we, and we met that, man, this website is so And she also was a huge fan of the website. Yeah. And both of us secretly were wishing that, you know, someday our title sequence will get featured there. And, all. and it Which is happened. now. Yeah, it happened now. So uh, It happened much later. But yeah, yeah. so... That's when I was introduced to design and like visual thinking and all that. And I really enjoyed it. So I started just trying to, and at the same time, I had, my friend was still there only in Bahrain. So we were making these short films. We continued making stupid short films. Uh, There's one short film about uh, me walking around with, and killing people with my hands. Like bullets are coming out of my fingers and like, you know, that kind of thing. There's another one with a hand monster attacking the city. You know, those kind of films I was making. Uh, And I started 
using videocopilot.net uh, tutorials to make these short films. Like I knew that I had to do this some certain kind of visual effect or motion graphic or something. And I knew that these tutorials would be there on that website. So I started referring that just for my films, you know, as a fun aspect to it. But then I started enjoying that process. Mm -hmm. Unknowingly, I realized that, oh, this is also, this is cool. And people make a living doing this. Uh, and one of my creative directors saw one of the short films that I made. And he's like, wait, we can do some films internally. We don't need to outsource it to the studio all the time. Maybe you can handle some of this, you know. And I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. But I'll charge separately for that. You know, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that's fine. Of course. It will still be a fraction of what we're paying them, right? So then I did some of that, actually. I started doing some in, uh, internal work. Uh, a lot of their, uh, they had a lot of internal uh, videos that they wanted to show every quarterly that, okay, this is the performance. These are the number of sales made. You know, this is the uh, best liked ad that, uh, you know, well, that was shown all around the country and all that. So that kind of stuff I used to do. Then apart from that, they used to make me do small motion graphics for their presentations and all. And uh, then a friend of mine told me, why are you wasting your time there? Come here into to Bombay. It's a much better place. You can get into the film industry. You can get paid much more for that over here. So I spoke to my creative director. I told him, see, this is the situation. My dad's never going to let me resign. Because, you know, he, he doesn't have faith that I can come to India and be in the film industry there. Uh, so, can you fire me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he said, yeah, that's not a problem actually. We're laying off a bunch of people because of the, at that point, it was like the lowest period. There was like a, a full financial crisis and stuff. And a lot of people were getting laid off. So he said, I, I can do that. That's I do. I mean, like, if you don't mind, then you, you, know, you can get fired. I'm <laughs> like, yes, please, can you fire me? Then he said, yeah, sure, I'll figure this out. I'll talk to HR and I'll, I'll have you fired in a week or so. That's fine for you, right? I'm like, actually, give me two weeks. I need some more money. <laughs> and that's what sorted. So then after that, my dad kind of tried to fix me up with a bunch of different, uh, like, wherever. Because he's very connected in that community, you know, in Bahrain. Because he's a teacher mm -hmm. at an Indian school. Okay. And there are just three schools there. So, like, literally all Indians there know him somehow or the other. So, he tried to send me to a lot of interviews and all for different job opportunities. And I went there and I was acting like a total doofus in all of them, making sure that I don't get the job. <laughs> and then my work visa expired. So, I had to come to India. Otherwise, I would get into trouble. Right. The minute I was here, I met my friend Srinivas Sundarajan, who was making a independent feature film. So that was the first feature film that I worked on in India. As soon as I arrived in 2009, uh, I worked on it and there was, it was a full indie, like he had shot it with just his friends and everything. So I did the sound design, I did some VFX, I did, I co-wrote some of the scenes with him and uh, we screened that somewhere. And then like a bunch of directors, because at that point of time, passionforcinema.com, this website was like, really big and uh, a lot of the filmmaking community the bombay filmmaking community were very close on that it was a blog basically a cinema blog so anurag kashyap you know sudhir mishra all these kind of directors turned up at the screening okay oh wow and anurag kashyap, like was mind blown by the sound design which i did on adobe premiere 
<laughs> he was like, "Wow, this is so great! You're a good sound designer. Come work with me." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "I'll make you meet my sound designer, Kunal Sharma. He's like a three-time national award winner. Uh, you can definitely work with him on something." And I'm like, "Sure, whatever." <laughs> and secretly, I'm a huge fan of Anurag Kashyap because I've—I uh, mean, my one move was I've—I've I've seen Devdi, and after seeing Devdi, I'm like, "I want to move to India because of this film," you know. Because I want to make films like this, and I want to work with the guy who makes these films. So for me, it was a huge moment, and I just like, yeah, yeah, I can do sound design, whatever you want. Like, I'll join whatever team you want. And then, of course, I met a sound designer, and he was like, "Premier, no, dude, go to a film like a sound design school and learn sound design, and then come, then you can join." But by then, I don't know, some impression was made. So he told me, "Okay, you don't know sound design, then tell me what you know." I said, "Um." Oh, I mean, I've come here to write and direct, and I know. I mean, but whatever you, I can help with. I mean, he had a lot of ADs at that time. Uh, people like Vasan Balash, Lok Sharma, all these people were like Neeraj Gavan, who are now like proper directors. They were his ADs at that point, and at uh, at Aram Nagar, he had this office where everybody used to just sit, and lunch used to be served at one. <laughs> so everyone used to be there for that because they were all like. Without any work, you know, they were all just waiting for him to finish or uh, to come up with that next script so that it gets sanctioned and then we go on shoot or whatever. So I made friends with all of them. I chilled with them. I understood their kind of cinema. They were making short films. I worked on them. I did sound design. I did grade. I did VFX. I did titling, and uh, that's when Gangs of Vasipur happened. This film that blew everybody's minds. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah, that time the VFX supervisor Gagan Vishwakarmar, he saw some of the short films that I had worked on in the VFX that I've done. That so he said, like, uh, would you want to come with me on shoot and be my assistant? And I'm like, why are you asking me this question? I am already like, I'm I'm here. I'm there. Whatever you want me to do, I'm there for you. So he said, yeah, come, come. Then I went on the shoot and I was there for like all of four months because there was like a lot of work in that. Uh, and while I was there, I was just doing some time pass with some titles and stuff like that. And Gagan said that's a good idea for the title sequence. So that was my first title sequence, basically that I did uh, the Gangs of Asipur title sequence. It was the first title sequence that I officially did. And what uh, a way to start which, your title sequence career or journey. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that was the first journey beginning thing. You know, after that, I I didn't. Even then, I didn't think that I was making a title sequence. It just became one because of conversations I was having with uh, Anurag and his team. Everybody was excited, but they they weren't sure of how to present it. And I just gave them this idea that if you are in a cinema theater and you want the the titles of the uh, you know if you want the hero of the film to feel big, then you need to make it. Name look really big on screen. You know? That will just and because in a theater, if you see the size of the text that we use for Gangs of Asphalt, they're like almost filling the frame mm-hmm. literally. So that will give this very huge feeling, like you're. And he was always into that whole country western vibe. So it's there in the in the music also. You can hear it's got that kind of feeling. So I felt this would work perfectly for that. And I did some trials, and immediately was like, yes, this is what we want to do. 
if you want we can just keep only titles throughout and nothing else in the background but then the producers were like nay nay let's keep it but just let's keep something in the background so then uh, someone spoke to spoke to uh, actually at that point of time he he was also yeah he wanted a voiceover in the background also and he thought that it will be nice to say the story of wasipur then so then it all came kind of came together but yeah that became a lot better because of that because we're telling a story and we're showing some representative visuals somewhere in the background you know so once that clicked you know i thought oh this is really cool you know i could do this more uh and then i got contacted by this company uh called babelfish production but now they are called oml uh so they were going to start doing some tv shows for star world and mtv and all so they told me that uh there's a show called the duelist and we're going to do like it's a music based show and they're going to get some art musicians to collaborate and we're going to have creative music videos and everything and we'd like you to do the title sequence and the grade for the show and if there's any some motion graphics work in the music videos and we'd like you to do that as well and i was like yeah sure then i i did that but i realized that was actually that was the moment when you know digital cinematography and digital film making was just at its boom period so people were shooting with 750 days and like 5d mark 2 mm-hmm. and they were actually able to get like 720p slow mo footage of people performing and also it came together really well it felt like a bbc documentary and with the grade also able to elevate it to that that kind of level so they were very happy with that and then i ended up doing five seasons of that along with there was also a show called mtv sound tripping so i did that show as well two seasons of that there were music videos for that also and then there was one fiction show called bring on the night so in all of these i was doing end to end i was mm-hmm. doing grade i was doing you know some effects for the music video i was doing the title sequence and in film titles you know uh, and slowly it became from me it became just me to around four five people then it became another two three extra people because the demand for the vfx in the music videos kept getting higher and higher for every season you know so then i realized that okay i can do this i can actually start a studio you know but i didn't start a studio because i figured i could i started it because i started getting too much money as a freelancer <laughs> and i had to register for service tax okay. so somebody said nahi yaar service tax register karna padega nahi to you will be a defaulter you need to pay you have gone into this tax bracket now so you have to get a service tax number and i was like what do i call this company i have no idea i kept thinking and thinking and then in the last minute my uh, ca told me that if you don't register it very soon then you will get into trouble so i was working on some music video at that point of time and there was this software called plexus on after effects yeah it's a plugin it's a plugin on after effects which basically connects points you know okay. so if you give points then it connects them with lines and it's a cool looking effect and i'm like you know that's what i do i i connect with people and like you know that kind of thing so i'll use plexus for now and that was not taken by anybody else so it got registered at plexus <laughs> they were like okay cool that's it so i mean that's where the beginnings were and then uh, title sequences just the 
the boom of it happened only after ott like after the ott boom happened which is basically yeah. your netflixes and amazon star and everything started producing their original content and heavily investing in that that's when the requirement for a title sequence started really happening in the industry until then we were uh, just working on music videos or or you know digital brand films or we uh, also did title sequences but those were for films yeah for feature films, films mostly yeah. Yeah. and uh, mostly with anurag kashyap and yeah. and then that's how we got ghoul and then we did yeah. ghoul and then because there we had a good equation with vikramaditya mukhani as well and then that's how we got secret games and yeah. you know and then one thing led to another that's Correct, like yeah. one project led to the other project and then suddenly we were at the like if if you think of a title sequence Flexus was always mentioned. Right? Yeah. It, it became that sort of a thing. Like we used to watch a lot of Netflix shows. Like uh, uh, what was the show with uh, House, of House, House of Cards? House of Cards. Uh, no, there was this double exposure. Uh, which one? True Detective. True Detective. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember watching True Detective title sequence, and we were like, "Man, it's so cool, man! I wish like." we i wish we get to do like a proper title sequence in one of these ott shows like either netflix or amazon mm-hmm. and the first netflix original uh sacred games they called us only and we, we got just... to do india's first netflix original title sequence you know so that was like a huge thing yeah. for us that oh man some of our dreams have come true you, you know one thing i've i've noticed in the journey that you have you both you both have had till this point it's like when you narrate the story it feels like okay everything just happened to work out but actually you guys like took so many initiatives at different points like reaching out to different people and working practically as a generalist for so long like where you're doing sound design color art i mean title sequences so many things to actually get to this point where now you're the one who are being called for a particular project and you get to dictate terms and i think people should really realize how long of a journey it is to get to this point because it's not like suddenly one day you woke up and netflix wants you to uh, you know design the first title sequence for india so <laughs> it's really when it great. happened it felt like it. it felt like it when it happened because you're so in the moment and you, yeah. you just like every year we used we still do this we have this discussion of what what should we do like what can we do this year or what can we do for the next few months and how do we get and at that point it was very like how do we get closer to making films like how do we like okay so we should aim for at least one music video which is a narrative based one this year to do for sure mm-hmm. and then uh, of course you are a part of the industry you hear news and you are aware of things that are happening around you and we casually just spoke about okay it would be so cool if netflix is first original is we get to do it and then two weeks later you get a call from panel and they call no, you she is prophetic okay it's very <laughs> very scary but every time we have these discussions she says anurag kashyap is going to call you and ask you to be the vfx supervisor of his film you just wait and see yeah you know because Uh, there were a couple of times when uh, I've so I've worked with Anurag Kashyap as a VFX supervisor uh, on Raman Raghav, and before that he had done one uh, short film in an international compilation of short films. Okay, mm-hmm. so in that I did his segment as a VFX supervisor. You know? So he was happy with me, and we really gelled well. So I thought that in his next film, Bombay Velvet, 
he would call me on board at least as one of the supervisors because it's a very big film but he didn't you know so i was like why didn't he call me and all and i, I know that it's wrong for me to be upset with him i was upset with myself that yeah. oh it's not going to happen then she's like don't worry his next film he's going to call you as a vfx supervisor i'm telling you that <laughs> then bombay velmet bombed <laughs> and he decided i'm going to make a one crore film called raman raghav 2.0 and then he calls me to do the vfx and the title sequence and everything and then she's like what did i tell you <laughs> and she's done this many times yeah. okay yeah, even that. even that one yeah even uh, when we were discussing so when she started working with me properly we did that one uh, title sequence for that malayalam film which double barrel. Uh, double barrel which turned out really good it was fully 2d animated and stuff like that I- i'll send you that actually it's worth watching it sure. actually that didn't Uh, it really didn't travel much because the film bombed and it was out of the cinemas in five days. But it's really good. It's, I feel it's still now one of our best title sequences. It was a lot of fun <laughs> while making it also. Yeah, it's, it's a retelling of everything that you learned in history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but from a very different perspective. So it it was a fun project to a a to do together and b you were you can just play yeah and create your own narrative of what what all happened. You're just twisting. facts to cater yeah. to a fictional story so that was very interesting and that is one of the strengths of 2d animation you can recreate an entire historical setting with with illustrations and character animation mm-hmm. and so we had a lot of fun with that uh, but because the film didn't do well or something our final payment didn't come you know so we were broke and we weren't sure whether we should do this again yeah. you know <laughs> and uh, that same year we had done uh, the title sequence for an indie film called angry indian goddesses which was selected at the toronto international film festival oh, so wow. so we were happy that okay it's going there and all but that end of the year we were like maybe we should part ways maybe we should not do motion design for a living maybe we should get more into vfx or whatever so it was december 2016 yeah 15 or 16 one of those yeah. and we were we were like on a break like we're not sure whether it's a good career to stay on or whatever yeah. and we get a cold call from canada from art of the title uh, from art of the title.com saying we saw the title sequence of angry angry indian goddesses and we love it and we want to feature it on our website and want to do an interview with you yeah. you know and she had just said that she had just said that don't worry man when things go bad something good will happen you know and i'm sure that something that you really want will happen like maybe art of the title will call you and say that they want to feature some work of yours on it and it happened to be the work that we did together first yeah. you know so so she is super prophetic in that sense i was very cocky i had a list and i was just like huh, i've thought of this it'll happen. it'll happen i mean why should i even doubt it i was i was in that zone yeah <laughs> of course you learn and then you realize okay not everything is going to be so easy but i still yeah. i believe that if you if you feel that because if you put if you don't have a goal There's nothing to work hard towards. Mm-hmm. You know? Then, uh, then it's just like, and I used to be this aimless, uh, like hopeless kind of person. I used to just chill during my school days, college. I used to not have a plan. Uh, but once I started working, uh, I started setting goals, and that became uh, the way I I live. You know, so I have goals for everything. If it's personal, if it's professional, I have goals for everything that I need to do in that year. Even if it's a travel. Uh, situation i already ha- i know this year i want to travel and i want to go to this place so i feel like unless you have those goals it's not going to 
happen yeah because definitely that that directionality is quite needed because otherwise like you said you're not working towards anything and then if you're not working towards anything then you're not really developing in a particular manner and getting the kind of results that you want and the one thing that really found i found really interesting is when i look at the kind of body of work that you guys have there's like such variety in the style of work like there's movies tv shows music videos within that there's like live action animation motion design how how do you like balance out such variety of skills because it's not something that you can learn really quickly right there's like such variety of approaches required for each of these projects i i mean to be very honest the approach is the same mm-hmm. it's the collaboration which makes the difference like for yeah. a 2d animated sequence you then find the right kind of artists who are very good at what they do the approach from our side is always that we approach any project with the intention of telling the story like for a title sequence for say uh, double barrel the story was to uh, retell how these two gems the story of these two gems traveling from a point like from, since the beginning of earth since, since the beginning of time let's say till present day you know then you know that this because that's the story that's the narrative that you want to say in this particular sequence within this and you know that you cannot do it live action uh, and the budgets are like big enough for a 3d title sequence so you know you can obviously very well say the same story in a 2d animated sequence mm-hmm. and then that's where then you start approaching uh, the right kind of artists the animators and uh, then you write the script and then you get it approved and then you do storyboard animatic then you know uh, then the artists take over they bring in the artwork then we they animate it then we composite it and then we edit it and then we make the final film so the approach is the same it's like standard film making but uh, the look and feel of everything differs because uh, that's what story demands yeah and we like exploring things also like to be very honest if there's something Uh, cool or the current design trend is something that i want to explore more we always try and pitch that into our stories we try and see if we can do something in that style for this particular project and uh, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but we, we we try and push the envelope with each project we try and do something fresh with each particular project and with visual effects also our approach is uh, we like to do creative visual effects like we don't get it like even the show that we did lena Uh, which which was this dystopian futuristic uh, country where you know you have holograms you have like sectors divided and these huge walls which do not exist in present day uh, reality that was very interesting because a the story demanded this this beautiful world which you get an opportunity to create and uh, you know and uh, you get to think about the story you get to uh, do a lot of research about Uh, architectural design structures and how to incorporate that and this into visual storytelling and aid the storytelling uh, you know so i think so if you if you look at it the core of our work is always story you know it's it just looks very different each project varies from the other uh, in terms of looks but it's the core of it is like what does the story mean so we approach everything in the same way yeah it also became a very important uh, decision for us to because there's always a point where uh, you have to become a studio right yeah so there are there are brick and mortar studios with like 
anywhere between 5 to 100 sub artists and every studio has a body of work which if you actually look at their reel and all that then they all get kind of what is the right word to say here typecast in a way that okay these studios do car commercials very well these studios do this kind of animation very well this kind this studio does this kind of uh, motion design very well so then after a while and the industry is also to blame for it because the industry is always looking for prior experience yeah so if you go to a deal with only one car commercial and they get another showreel of five car commercials then they'll prefer the person with five because they've got more experience so what eventually happens is you get forced to get do only one kind of work i would so we i would also say that, that i think the studio runners are also to blame partially for that because you kind of get comfortable with that repetitive cycle right yeah. you're getting that same job again and again it's like income coming in yeah. so i would say we kind of, yeah sorry sorry to cut you no 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 go ahead it's like both the things are at play i guess it's hard to uh, to blame and we decided at the get go that we don't want to be a studio of one kind of work so someone had told us and i don't even remember who it is but i'll always remember that sentence there is an expert for everything so you don't need to be that person just hire that person you know so if you want to do 2d animation there is an expert and there are many experts actually in india for different styles of 2d animation so you just need to think i'm doing 2d animation for this project because we can't do we can't do 3d we can't do anything else it will work better if it's 2d then you start scouting for the kind of art that you want in your 2d project and if you don't feel like that studio Uh, does everything that you need then there are so many different artists all over india like for example the title sequence we did for okay janu uh, which is a dharma film and also okay kanmani uh, the maniratnam film so in those uh, how did we do that like basically it's a 2d animated sequence we got the background art done by artists in uh, these two artists that we were following on instagram uh they work out of manali so did they did all the background art all the buildings and landscapes whatever uh the background art was for each and every shot we got the character animation done by a studio in kerala mm-hmm. and they are actually a bunch of freelancers you know uh and we basically got the entire animatic and the storyboard on already and then they just had to kind of follow that but we got to collaborate with them and now we have when you composite together which we do basically we do the final composites on after effects we add whatever motion effects and whatever else has to be done on top of all the animation so uh you you have a massive collaboration of artists from all over the country uh and you don't need to have all of them in one place it can yeah. all happen over the internet you have google drive you have zoom you have so many resources at your disposal so why have a brick and mortar studio in which you have only a certain kind of artists you know because you can't get them all in bombay you have to also some amount of work anyway right so that became our thought process that we don't want to have a big studio with a lot of people sitting and working in one spot we just need to feel like that studio is this country you know so the entire india is plexus you know yeah. when they are available they're freelancers right so when they're available they're they're part of our team and we work with the same people for 
a lot of projects like from the very beginning we've been working with one storyboard artist mm-hmm. you know tyagaraj silver silver finger artist uh, he's based in chennai then he he does all our storyboards like everything even the birthday video that i did recently for yashoda yeah he was like i'll do it pro bono you know we i love working with you guys i'll do this one this is my birthday gift for you know so we have those kind of relationships with these artists from all around the country and that was a delight like not just scouting them finding them promising that we at some point work together yeah, it's, it's um, also beautiful because it's, yeah. as artists you connect and you don't need to be physically in front of each other and yeah. there's just this trust and uh, you know uh, fun that you have together you there's of course structure and there are deadlines to meet and those are always followed but there's just the happiness of creating something good you know uh, and that keeps us connected and we've had wonderful equations with many artists all over the country yeah a few are now internationally settled too, but it's it's, yeah. it's just been amazing you know and uh, we felt like this is it like in this day and age you don't need to be together in one office in one studio a cabinet to be doing good stuff you can do that digitally so i think we were pre covid prepared <laughs> more than you know restaurant because we just we just like this uh, and a part of it i remember it's also because of yaga uh, that we sort of got this confidence because we used to do it before uh, but with yaga doing storyboards on zoom sessions and hangouts was just i hope yeah, yeah he's just amazing he he's such was, a yeah. he's so fast and he does in fact i should like you should totally do a one of these things with him also definitely i'll reach out to him he's just so quick like his perspective is always right you know he manages that somehow and he gets like in just a few strokes we able to create a full character so that's just amazing that blew our minds and we realized that whoever we were working with in this this city yeah. they are nothing compared to his level you know Uh, and that's when we started searching for more artists outside yeah. bombay and we yeah. found so many like in calcutta hyderabad yeah and ahmedabad yeah kerala to we have yeah. bangalore so there are such talented artists in our country and everybody is itching to work in films yeah. because it's mainstream right it's theatrical plus ott so the eyeballs on it are really big compared to the usual like commercial we not also have a small window but cinema is eternal as they all say and most of us became artists because of cinema yeah it's just our own style of doing it's, a, it's an expression right like you it's, it's your way of expressing things some people make films some people animate some people create artwork some people make sound it's it's I, so that's also the one thing that connects us so we it's it's been working well for us yeah no i think it's really commendable the way you guys have developed that network over time and as you keep collaborating with more artists for larger projects that network keeps getting stronger and stronger to the point where now i'm sure you can produce your own very very high level films itself because you have such a vast network of people with different skill sets in place so yeah. i don't know i'm i'm pretty sure you're already planning something like that if not already happening i think our smiles say a lot <laughs> yeah all <laughs> good time we do uh, we do want to see uh, stories in larger format for sure because that's where our journey started 
but of course uh, it's it's not that easy also like mm-hmm. it's not as easy as compared to like a title sequence uh, but we are looking forward to hopefully be able to do that in the future like i said like i make plans and i have goals and then she's already <laughs> prophesied something so, <laughs> so let's see let's see if, if this time they, again they turn out to be right and yeah. uh, majorly like even the title sequences it was always okay i want to see something like this in indian films and indian content that's that's why we started doing it that's going to be the same approach even for the stories that we tell it will always be like okay something which has got a lot to do with visual effects that we are good at or motion design and it's going to be a combination of that with uh, live action or a completely animated story we are we, we don't know yet but we would love to see those content being made so we would want to make those content that's that'll be the approach yeah that's awesome it's it's almost like i mean because there is such lack of that kind of content you could say in india you're essentially at the spearhead of that journey you know so now when when others start seeing the success that you can have as a motion design studio in the country then more people will want to take that risk and take that chance on themselves to create a pathway of that sort and that actually leads me to a question that i wanted to talk about was what is the overall scenario for motion design like in the country like when you're pitching for these projects is there much competition or are you guys one of the very few people who are doing projects at that scale um honestly it's way better now i think there are more uh, independent artists and smaller studios that are doing yeah. uh, stuff that we do and that's great because uh, i when we began we used to feel happy that always wonder why no one else was you know yeah. or why no one else wanted to do this and then slowly over the past couple of years many other independent artists and uh, you know studios started doing these uh, sequences we we felt happy that great yeah. there has to be more like it could be like a larger industry exactly we were actually not thinking about it as competition at all but yeah. we were feeling like amazing there are more studios that are doing title sequences there are more studios that are invested in animation and motion design which because what happens is uh, there is only so much work that you can do in a year you know and regardless of how much you manage to outsource and how much you manage to get different projects uh, happening simultaneously there's a cap on the limit you know and uh, there's different kinds of uh, budgets also in the market right some some are like really low uh some are but it could be a prestigious project but it's like a, a really small project you know? some are medium but the clients may want too much from you you know mm-hmm. in that budget so uh it started feeling like there is no standardization and that is a problem more than having competition that there is no standard or uh, no standard rate for a title sequence or motion design elements or packaging as people call it that becomes more of a problem so when more people came into the market everyone started establishing some rates that okay minimum it's going to cost this much under this it's not feasible go to a freelancer now with freelancers it's i mean i'm not saying freelancers are not dependable because we are freelancers ourselves but in our workflow there's a lot of paperwork documentation and all that in place you know we've enforced that because of the blows that we faced you know so we've made sure that whoever is coming on board has got a work agreement there's a contract so 
they don't feel cheated that we are not going to pay them on, on time we stagger our payments into tranches and make sure that each person is paid at every regular interval so that it doesn't feel like because most most people have this habit of okay we'll pay you a small signing amount and then 15 days after your final delivery we will pay you and then you have to keep following up with them and their accounts team will not answer the phone so we didn't want any of that we want to mostly make... mostly the thing is during production of uh, the project as well it takes a couple of months and yeah. many of these artists are freelancers and they need to pay the rent their mm-hmm. bills and right, they have yeah. expenditure which needs to be taken care of and yeah. we also learned this from a couple of mistakes from our initial projects and then we brought in the system of getting tranches uh payments in tranches and then so that we can pay our artists on time so that we have something monthly to help run the company uh, run the studio and they also have the same uh, backing yeah. so anyway all these lessons that we learned we are happy that uh, we we were always happy to talk to people about that make sure that it's there for them and now we are happy to see that you know the rates are slightly leveling up and nobody comes up to us and says that oh we got a title sequence that we wanted to do for 20000 rupees that doesn't happen in world you know uh, there are good amounts of budgets you know uh, also, nowadays also the bigger thing is uh, when we started doing title sequences and we started doing design work it it was about oh there should be good design like look at uh, look at any xy pick up any xyz uh, project from hollywood market and you will see good title like the basic title of the film will still be well designed and that used to not be the case in many for because often times it would just be ignored or it would be a last minute online thing you know yeah. uh, but i'm always happy to see good design in indian market in fact if there's some some even uh, like a trailer that's got a good packaging design it's got a good animation i i'll always appreciate it <coughs> you know forward it and share it on my uh, online profile and so does vijesh and yeah. we like seeing more good work in the market we always support those artists yeah. we promote their work on our social media we share their work we talk about them to people we know and that's just been us wanting more people to uh, be a part of the industry follow their dreams because we like you said we did have it a little tough you know he had to go through a lot of struggle with his family i had to do go through the same because i was not sure what to do and then it was harder to convince my parents that okay finally i'm going to get into this and they thought that's also going to be like a you know it's going to be like a very uh, uh it might be something that i'm going to change my mind from you know so, and i had to finally convince myself convince my parents so it, it was a little difficult to get into the industry person so we Uh, whenever we get the opportunity we like promoting other people and i think that's why when there is uh, initially there were there weren't many studios or artists doing this work but now when we see more we, we love it like we even get us involved in all of these motion design communities collectors and you know awards and all of that so that we 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 can encourage more people to be a part of this so that there's a basic your basic standard is set like there should be good design like at least 50% of the film should have good design you know that that should be the market like if there is no market then there are no like other opportunities well otherwise what happens is most uh, vfx studios end up adding titles uh, as part of their deal you know and then what title what kind of design what kind of font all that used to come from the direction team from the filmmakers 
and they are not designers they are filmmakers they might have good aesthetic but it might not it might not work for their film or it's not going to be a title sequence it's just going to be titles right so that has changed now there are a lot more designers who are into it there are a lot more studios that are into it and we are very happy to see where the space is going there are such there's such amazing talented artists out there and we're like we're also discovering more and more every every week and yeah we are surprised yeah. and even producers are caught up and now they think about the time sequence beforehand yeah. you know regardless of whether there's a skip intro or no they they know that they need that one branding of the film branding of the show you know so it's it's good to see that change and being a part of it like organically being a part of it and when you look back you realize oh there's been a huge shift in the way people approach things now definitely i think i think uh, talking about that cohesive branding sacred games really hit the mark on that because the very design language of the title sequence was included and part of the episode itself and at the beginning of each episode you felt that design language come through really strongly and the quality of that title sequence was like really up there with some of the best in the world so i was really excited to see that itself like that itself drew me towards the show rather than what the story was or who had made the show and stuff like that and also like when you guys shared the breakdown of the visual direction for lela that was also something nice for me to see because i haven't seen too much of too many indian studios break down their process like that and show it out there and basically talk about how they've gone about that entire process because it almost like you were saying it feels like an afterthought generally so it was good to see that so much thought process and planning had gone into creating that design language so like you were mentioning earlier like you tend to work with the same artists over and over again because that relationship keeps building stronger how long do these kind of projects of this scale take generally so in regards to sacred games i think it was uh, it was the shortest in terms yeah. of like compared to the other projects that we had worked on uh, sacred games took the least amount of time from brief to final delivery it was around two and a half to three months yeah, yeah. oh wow and that's, that's quite quick yeah that's not a lot of time because we also did all the in film slates like in the in the entire series there are titles that pop in and go out so we did we designed those as well and uh, there was some vfx shots also so basically the design for all of that i think yeah two and a half to final renders it took like two and a half two months but um, for any general like if you say it's an elaborate uh, 2d animation like sequence or 3d then it takes from between ideation to final deliveries it three to four months is the standard yeah. if it's uh, line animation frame frame by frame you need to sketch animate then it takes a little longer it takes a month or so extra because uh, that will just give you a better quality because then you get enough time to do the coloring and the shading and get it accurate and if you have fluid effects in the sequence like say for double barrel we need to allow it that much time so that we get those effects right you know um but yeah 3 to 4 months is the standard duration that it takes to create a sequence from scratch yeah but we make sure that there's always at least one more project happening simultaneously so mm-hmm. so otherwise what happens is that uh, 
yeah this process also involves the paperwork uh, yeah. reading the script if needed and which we are not to do because i just like finding little, little things <laughs> it isn't the script which i can put in the book <laughs> i hate reading scripts man. i don't know why but i just hate reading i just hate reading in general so she she hates me and also doesn't mind it that that i don't read any of the scripts she just takes over that and then at some point there's this one discussion where she tells me okay in relevance to what you have to do these 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 things happen but otherwise she just gives me like a synopsis of what happens in the film and some you know then it depends on whatever our creative discussions are then she says oh okay if you want to do something like this then in the script there's this you know? yeah so yeah Yeah, my process is very like eight. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so you can keep hearing it. Um, my process is generally that because anything we do, it needs to cater to the film and it needs to talk about the film, but in a very subtle visual language. You know, it it doesn't have to be in your face, but it needs to have a cohesiveness with the film or the series for sure. Mm. With Sacred Games, that was the beauty. Was uh, the writers thought of it, uh, thought of the Mandala uh, way because of the book. They thought of it beforehand and they incorporated that in this uh, episode, and then that helped us uh, as a visual element primarily. As a base, it was a very strong base because it was very integrated with the story, mm-hmm. you know. And then that. I think that's why it stood out. Even Netflix chose to use the intro sequence as its opener. Uh, that Not got a lot of attention. Teaser. Teaser. Yeah. Sorry. Basically, what happened is uh, the mandala features in all the episodes in some way or the other in the in the story. Like you see the mandala in somebody's house or on the ground. Yeah. On some painting, it's there. You know. So Varun Bhuva thought that even the title sequence should have the mandala because behind every mandala there is a secret. right so in a sense creatively the mandala is protecting the secret of whatever is happening in sacred game so he told us that okay that brief came that okay mandala needs to be there in the title sequence but they hadn't figured out in what sense you know uh so and then that was very interesting because we we approached that the mandala is a doorway to something that's hidden yeah uh, was Which was Vikram Aditya Motwani's words. We it just clicked, and we realized, okay, that needs to be the title sequence because the doorway to the show. Yeah. That's hidden. Yeah. And then, of course, we came up with the design. Correct. Yeah. So when we finished the design of the title sequence, we had sent just the shot because with Netflix, what happens is when you give them your final renders, you have to give it with and without titles. Too. Okay. And you have to give the titles as alpha sometimes because. they have several languages and there'll be several adaptations of that right because it's an international release so they always take everything separately so we were like so every time a show releases they have a teaser first and then a trailer later the teaser announces the name of the show and the trailer then shows different scenes from it so when they release the teaser for secret games it was our title sequence only it was renders from our title sequence and then the logo on the end so it was pretty much the title sequence and we were like wow okay <laughs> somebody just had a field day in like you know uh, they didn't they didn't think of anything else i guess i don't know whatever it was or maybe they loved they, it so much they loved it so much <laughs> yeah 
but, but yeah and so before the world saw the show they had already seen the title sequence which felt like really good to us you know uh, another uh, one thing that i think we forgot to mention is the music yeah like the biggest uh, motivator influencer inspiring thing for us while working on a sequence is generally the music you know because that gives a lot of idea that also tells us the tone sets the tone um, what style of design we can go for with the music it it does dictate a lot a lot of uh, a lot of things in our design you know so yeah. i think music uh, is something that is very rarely mentioned but it's a very 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 important point in fact it's one of our pointers when we send emails to clients that please send us the scratch track first so that we can hear what the what the mood of the film is or what the mood of the sequence is going to be and that's where we started and then we ideate over that track and then create the animated i think that's quite an important point like um that when you're developing the title sequence during the early stages when you're boarding out the sequence how do you decide the edit because the, the maybe the music is not finalized at that point so how do you know what the pacing of the storyboard and the final animatic would be and how back and forth how does that process actually go with the actual showrunners because the music may change then you may not have to change your edit and i just want to know a bit more about how that process works i actually make sure that we get the music beforehand okay and if they are saying that there if there is time for the music to be composed then we use a scratch track of our choice we find a track and we make sure that whatever music is going to be composed later will either match the bpm or it's at least the same almost similar tempo because uh, a lot of times uh, you have to have the entire sequence ready before the music is composed over it you know so by then it's too late to change the edit also because we are we consider the animatic as your blueprint for anything okay now not even one cut is going to be different no frame is going to shift going to be the same you know so we make sure that that happens so that it's seamless later uh, or else there's, there's a lot of trouble that happens so then if if you if you go to if you get the track and it doesn't match the bpm then you have to go back and re-render some shots or redo some entire sequences that becomes too much of a pain so we anticipated that in the beginning itself and we always stipulate that in our in work agreement yeah you know you, you just provide the music first or you need to approve one of the references that we will provide before we start you know or else it doesn't work uh that that's it's pretty much a disney standard actually disney yeah. way of animating uh, is what we follow because that's the best way to do things mm. and uh, so far all the sequences that we've worked on have had this and that's the reason why the timing of every little element in the animation uh, and design is it syncs with the track because we make sure that we have the track and sometimes many times Uh, when we are approached for a show or a film uh, the music composer or producer is also approached for the show or the film at the same time mm-hmm. so by the time we arrive at concepts they also kind of arrive at, uh, at our track or prioritize our track first so even if uh, many of the instruments are not in place they still have the uh, bass track ready yeah, like a melody yeah. and your bpm you know your beat structure is set so we then use that as i mean we we do have conversations with them sometimes uh, and we discuss you know okay 
what's the flow going to be like is there going to be kind of a drop or a break in between and then this zoom or those kind of conversations we have uh, and then that's then we sit with the editor uh, so storyboarding is the most crucial process for mm-hmm. zoom so that's why your vision is set and for that you need to do a lot of referencing and bank a lot of images so that your storyboard artist knows what you want and then you have to really direct them about your camera angles and you know perspective and you know all that you get your storyboard right and you have a good editor and the music in place and that's it then you with your animatic you've kind of set it you locked it already and in your head you can see what it's going to look like finally yeah. you know it's just that to whoever else who's in the animatic they're just seeing like black and white illustrations you know but in my head i had seen more in yours also right yeah. i'm sure the title sequence that she's directed also she has seen them the way they look before they were yeah. even you know created uh, that for smoke remember for smoke and guilty yeah. Yeah. yeah for the smoke title sequence there's a show for on heroes now called smoke so she did the she directed the title sequence for that so in that she had the idea that because the name of the show is smoke and the whole uh, show is set in goa and it's about these gang lords who are just fighting against each other you know and there were these many them, colorful characters yeah. per se in the show yeah and in the end all of them kind of the whole story is that all of them end up going up in smoke you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of them die basically yeah. in the end uh, i'm spoiling it for you but basically <laughs> that's okay uh, it shows that this whole drug trade and all is like a very remorseful kind of you know job decision like yeah. you know yeah so, the producer very uh, kindly put it as are kitna bhi kal ye sab to bhoye mein hoga yeah iske liye smoke hai so i just that was very interesting and I'm like okay do it or you know colorful people so then colorful smoke and yeah. faces like literally exposed so she's like uh, and there are so many different characters and the producer wanted all the characters to be featured in the title sequence all of their faces you know so she was saying that oh there's going to be smoke people made up of smoke mm-hmm. there's going to be people's faces that are made up smoke and i just kept going like i don't know how you're saying this i can't understand what do you mean by this amol but she managed to convince them also and convince me also <laughs> and uh, then then we came up with this storyboard animatic for it amol and then we did a shoot uh, of high speed uh, ink being dropped into water you know so basically 1000 fps footage of different colored fluids being dropped into water so you know how you turn that around and it looks like smoke right mm-hmm. because it's not going down it's going up so we got that and still i couldn't see how how people's faces are going to work with that okay yeah. like we've just got ink now we've got ink in slow motion but how is it going to be a person's face i don't know <laughs> and i have now suddenly travel to delhi because lela shoot was going to start and we had just been confirmed on the project so i'm in delhi and she's trying to rack her brains and figure out how to get this face on smoke and all and she cracked it in a matter of two days or something she sent me two three different ones and i was like oh that's what you meant okay now i get it <laughs> but she was clear about it from the very beginning you know and she knew exactly how to 
figure out uh, what what to shoot and from which angle and in which light and which color to get that and you know it's just intuition sometimes but and then of course akash kali's back came in when yeah. i heard that i realized that it can't be just like i i remember me and chandrashekhar paravu was also the editor of the sacred games charity seasons we sat together and like sacred games and smoke these were the two big projects for us that year so mm-hmm. we sat together for the smoke edit and i was like dude isme matlab this is good and i I can see face recording, but I still feel that we need to do something more. And we were like, yeah. And we kept talking about uh, the show a little more. And he he was at that time also from I think was uh, he was editing the trailer for the show. Uh, so he had seen some amount of the show's footage and all that. And we were discussing, and we were like, it's it's set in Goa. Goa is such a beautiful place, and it's it's larger than life. And there are many uh, many things that are happening besides. you know just a drug trip or you know because the drug lords come then we discussed about this gun and you know violence and you know money being shipped from one place to another and then we just realized what if if, if if and then we then i came up with the idea of, uh, okay we, let's just find footage of goa from the shoot and let's try and put Like in a, when I visited with Chandrasekhar Chandi, I call him Chandi. He was like, "Haan, ठीक है, हाँ, तुम लोग करोगे तो ठीक है, try करते हैं." And then on the offline, we were just like, "There's the shot of a boat, and we are just like money on top of the boat." And then Vijay was like, "What are you guys talking about? How is this gonna work out?" So her idea was to put these surrealistically large yeah. objects yeah. on drone footage. Yeah. So it's like a very uh what do you call wide shot of like the top angle shot of this container mm-hmm. ship yeah. and she said instead of the container boxes i want to put piles of cash okay so replace the container boxes with cash you know yeah. and there's a huge bridge which is famous in goa now next to the bridge there's this huge gun on the water you yeah. know but it's gold and it's got this beautiful finish you know And I'm like, how are we going to do that? Because in the offline, it just there was this shot of the bridge and yeah. this text of gun, golden gun. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so many times it's 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 just yeah. reiterating over the footage and coming up with things. But that was completely composite on After Effects and entirely it's mostly her's work only. Like she did on her own. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time I came back from our recce and shoot and everything, she had already finished the title sequence. And I'm like, good. Now just do the same thing. <laughs> just keep thinking of bizarre things that I would be like, how do we do that? <laughs> and do it on your own. Yeah, and then figure it out after <laughs> you already pitched that idea. Yeah, yeah. And that sequence got uh, selected at uh, South by Southwest, which is like a really oh, cool. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, it's a really cool festival, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely that that's a huge thing i mean i didn't know that you guys had been shortlisted for that that's got featured in out of the title also so it's like it won, you know, it won a couple of awards also it won uh, awards yeah curious. curious design award and stuff like that so it's like it's one of our best sequences that she cracked in one week when i was on the team <laughs> <laughs> i think my head literally exploded trying to figure out do the sequence but sometimes you just yeah, push the envelope like i was yeah. thinking earlier that's what we do and 
so that's what i mean it's like to get it back to the question that you asked it it actually doesn't the time um, uh, doesn't really reflect your effort or like you know sometimes you can crack something in one week and execute it within two weeks mm. uh, and it's the thing duration is something that you take probably three or four months to do uh, but as long as you just believe in it it'll happen you know you just kind of have to leave it to some higher power and hope that it falls in place uh, and of course you have to stop yourself Not from putting your hair out she has yeah. been successful with that i've pulled out all my hair <laughs> by now <laughs> but yeah just yeah. not leave the seat in my case it's just like this don't just do not leave the mouse and keyboard and just sit there and keep thinking keep keep adding effects keep doing something and you'll you'll get there you know yeah. sometimes it's just because you know no matter how long you sit on your on the chair for a day when the concentration is only for a certain amount of time together and that's when magic happens mm-hmm. but to arrive at that point it takes few more hours of just doing getting all your initial thoughts and ideas just explored and not take leading anywhere you know and then you finally sort of make sense and find a pattern and how to finish this project or how to do this one particular thing sometimes you need that definitely i think a lot of experimentation is required before you know okay this is what the look is supposed to be like because there's no way yeah. you can arrive at that final quality look right at the beginning so much experimentation goes behind the scenes and it's like writers have this saying that the first thing that you write is always the wrong is always wrong mm-hmm. your first draft is always wrong you know it's that vomit out of your brain that you have to get out on paper and this rubbish because everything after that is only going to be better and stronger that process of iteration is so important i think and yeah. i think one thing that you guys had mentioned earlier when you were talking about that the business side of running things i think that's quite important because people who are starting out in the motion design industry or just this world of design itself they may not realize how many other things are actually going behind the scenes of getting to do these kind of projects it's not just about okay i have this idea and then i'll execute it but running the studio mm-hmm. requires managing so many people so how do you guys go about that like do you have other people who handle the account side of things or do is everything by yourself so, no in the beginning i used to do everything on my own and then i made a lot of mistakes man uh, and that's when i realized that it's better to hire professionals to do like your filing of your taxes and like making sure that every monthly uh, you know your gst and all that making sure that your numbers are in place because even invoicing and sending the like you have to send a uh, like pi first and then you have to send the po and then the tax invoice and all that you know it gets uh, mildly confusing <laughs> to put it gently Uh, if you're not putting other things, uh, if you're not doing other things also, and you are always doing other things, you are not only now uh, in this capacity. Not only are you coming up with ideas and executing other ideas, because schedules are always like that. While you're conceptualizing for one project, you're executing another. So mm-hmm. that's how it always works. Uh, if you're conceptualizing two together, there's always going to be problems. So anyway. Uh, Where was I going with that? I don't know. 
something that uh, if you're good at, then it's better to just have one additional person or just have someone a friend of like you know someone who's who's who could be in your circle who has done it better. Mm-hmm. Take their advice and then follow yeah. that pattern for yourself. So I would say that even if you're good at it, get a professional to do it because you need to save your headspace for creative things. That's know? true. And I'm not saying that accounting is not creative or something. It is in its own way. But when you are a certain kind of artist, you should save your headspace for your art. You know. I think it's about expertise. Like a client may think they yeah. can draw well, but... when you actually get the artist to draw the idea then you know what the actual drawing skill is so i guess it's the same thing for accounting and business side of things as well you bring in the people who have actually trained for that correct yeah and that um, also having the team on your back and call helps a lot because you the importance of those teams in, in any company small or large it's you realize the importance when you have that when you have a strong legal team which we have right now after facing so many after making so many mistakes it's uh, now you know that there is someone who can look into it and not react because they know what the words mean they know what the contract is about and what are the things that i need to be careful about and what are the things that i need to let go you know and that is that only comes from expertise you know if i read a, a, an xyz legal jargon i might interpret it in a number of ways and i wouldn't understand the implication of those words Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless and and i can take it personally which is not needed at all because it's it's just a standard practice to protect either parties right and that will not be the approach as an artist that i might take and i might end up making uh, you know mistakes or reacting to situation which doesn't warrant that sort of a, a reaction and that is that's why it's good to have, have that support team so that you can completely be free as an artist and yeah. do your work but if it's not something that you can afford then you can def- you should definitely everybody has that one common friend who's probably a lawyer right now and someone who's an accountant we all have that we are we have large circles so it's mm-hmm. it's always good to approach that friend to sort you out and you can work out an arrangement yeah you can kind of if if they don't mind doing it for free there's nothing like it but if they want to charge also they can be an arrangement <laughs> like i mean in the beginning to yeah. uh, i was not paying my friend who was helping me out with legal matters and, all. and you know but he would not give me that time also he would not be uh, available when i have to sign something and send it back he would not be available on my second call so that's the difference but it's yeah that is just important the other thing that we think that is really important is getting someone to manage your social media presence and like you know keeping on putting it's important to do really good work that gets noticed but it's also important to make show reels make breakdowns and put it out there you know uh, because i don't know i feel like there's not enough of that happening i don't know whether studios are trying to protect their uh, workflow or their style or whether uh, whether people are just not interested in that and they're just too busy working but i feel like a lot of foreign studios make sure that every project that they do there is a breakdown of it and and that that's very important because people will learn from it and it's also advertising for you for yeah. your work you know that like for example you are a concept artist and if you do a time lapse of the concept art that you've made from scratch 
that's going to definitely have eyeballs people love watching that stuff you know? definitely and yeah. not only is it that they understand you better as an artist they might learn something from you like how how you interpret light in a shot and what kind of brushes you use for it whether you use like subtle glows or something as an effect uh, as an overall layer or something that enhances your image and that makes the image you yeah. you know if someone sees that and they learn it there's there's something that you gain from it as well yeah. and uh, also they realize the amount of time and effort it takes to yeah when yeah. you show breakdowns when you showcase your work people understand that it's not like a click of a button thing and something this i think we used to do majorly because we felt the need to explain to people because when people are not aware of what what it is that you do uh, they also don't un- probably would understand how much time will it take for you to do things so when you show breakdowns when you show showcase your work they realize okay oh, all of these so these many artists of this much work has gone into this one single shot or one single frame and motion design is about creating a shot entirely digitally yeah. that's that's what we are doing and it's it's not sometimes we blend it with live action but in most cases it's entirely digitally created so that takes time and softwares are not always very friendly and mm-hmm. your machines are not always you know uh, complacent with you and just, they just they, you hit render and it happens it takes multiple trial and error yeah. to arrive yes. at that so these showcasing work really helps and uh, so having someone or deciding to do that dedicatedly as an artist will boost you because everything nowadays more than physical presence and online presence is takes you much farther ahead in your career yeah. and in life you know no, so but even before since when we started our social media presence is what brought us projects to begin with yeah. right every time we had a theatrical release we would make sure that it's also on vimeo and it's like it's on our facebook or twitter or instagram and it's like at least via retweets or reshares or whatever it reaches some people somehow you know and then they know that okay you guys did this and then they come to you so that's important for sure yeah. i think it's and also like, especially... sorry go ahead go ahead sorry this this music video that we made called bistars for a, for a band Uh, called the local train i saw that video actually just two days back so that was, people thought that we had made the entire cg they had no idea that we had actually shot live action elements and then composited cg objects and like characters into it you know and when they saw our breakdown for it is when they realized that oh actually it was shot and you know so that also like it makes a big difference like when people see a project first and then they see the breakdown then it's kind of like film school for them you know especially in our space like motion graphics animation vfx people don't know a lot uh, people are not used to seeing a lot of it also so for us we feel like that is information that that we can share with the world you know? it's also your Besides own timeline the- because when you come back couple of years down the line and look at the process that you did for a particular show or project you can see how your own process has evolved over the years and it's always good to see what mistakes were done earlier how those can be corrected down the line and stuff like that yeah in good. fact that really helps in for us uh, we we have a certain structure now in place in the way with the way we approach projects and execute them and that happened because we we kept making these breakdown videos so you know we have experience of every project since the beginning and uh, when i used to look at it i used to think okay, these things didn't happen right 
we need to probably do this and i'll take notes and we would discuss that and then we would try and implement in the next project so that that also is very helpful so regardless of whatever you do i think it will always help you in becoming a better artist so it's better to do those things yeah. like it it be, i know it when you have like really strict deadlines and you would rather sleep for uh, one whole day because you haven't slept in weeks uh, but taking that to us i'm out of your life and doing that video and putting it online or just making that small nowadays you can do 15 second reels for instagram 15 to 30 and just do that and posting it it will really help because when you look back at it you will learn a lot of things like you mentioned and that will be really helpful yeah. when you when you want to do larger scale projects because everybody starts small but then the scale always gets bigger right absolutely at some point you need to scale up your skill you need to learn things to grow so that will really help me so since um lela breakdown was the latest thing that you guys had shared recently i wanted to dive a bit deeper into that process as well um that's like a completely different world that you guys were creating through the show and the story how much freedom did you have in creating the visual language for that like did you create some style frames prior to bringing on some other artist to execute the motion graphics or did you hire concept artists to do that for you where you were directing them how was that process like like it was a- it was a very long process actually uh because <coughs> we were approached during the pre production itself because a lot of the cg that we need to eventually shoot we need some amount of live action elements as well just to sell it you know uh so we were contacted around a month and a half before they went on shoot and then basically we went and uh, we were immediately introduced to the showrunner the 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 production designer the dop everyone we would have very long conversations about the world they had an exhaustive list of images that they had collected because they had been thinking about the show a lot longer than we had mm-hmm. uh, so they I mean, when I when I heard about this world, I thought it's like Blade Runner. You know? mm-hmm. But the first thing that Deepa Mehta told me is it's not Blade Runner. <laughs> She would say that slam the table. It's not Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. It's not Hollywood sci-fi. You know, it's it has to look Indian. It has to look Indian. It has to look very grounded. It has to look possible that it's going to be this twenty uh, years or thirty years from now. This is what the world is going to look like. It needs to look. Uh, like it's real you know mm-hmm. so yeah then we started like of course you won't be able to find references for this because it's a world that not many people would want to actually create concept art for dystopia a lot of you know it's always utopia or utopia with a slight dark twist to it but this was literally dystopia so we would just have long conversations we would read the script she would read the script. <laughs> she would read the script and highlight VFX elements, and then we would have long discussions about it, about what the probable kind of technology would be in the world, uh, whether the architecture is brutalist or you know whether it's just yeah or minimal. Uh, and then we realized that uh, it's not it's not a world that is very far visually from now. It's just a world that. departed from this one in a very sad note you know that okay it is the future but only this 
authoritarian government is enjoying the benefits of that feature mm-hmm. they have gadget you know they have technology to punish people but they, they that that kind of technology is not freely accessible to the common public and there are very few rich people and their buildings and their environments are really different and there are holograms in that and there are like stylistic gadgets in that but our entire story is about these poor people you know and we are around them more and their environments more so in their world that beautiful utopia is very distant and you can see it only like in the horizon or in in the backgrounds like you can see it as like structures that are like really tall but so faded because of the smog in that world so that kind of conversation kind of gave us this visual uh, scope of what yeah. that world would be immediately that okay now we understand it these these all were that conversations uh, that we arrived at with the director with the showrunner with the dop with the production designers and then we thought okay now we should start doing some concept art you know mm-hmm. so we chose a few uh, establishing mm-hmm. shots key moments uh, and establishing shots from from different uh, episodes and we kind of ran them by the you know the the, the creative team as well as netflix and said okay this is what we want to kind of start attacking first uh, like there are these massive walls that divide the rich and poor sectors so what would they look like right uh what would a hologram phone call look like what would a device look like so and we decided that we should do iterations of that and uh and share it once we are slightly happy with it you know so, so, so the process was very integrative right? yeah. we collaborated a lot with the production design team yeah. like if if the cell phones Uh, like we wanted to create a design for the screens of the cell phones. We wanted to know how the cell phones were going to look like, and then we realized that they were going to be entirely transparent, which glass, possibly like just glass. You know? So then we we had to cater to some elements that we needed for the shoot, so that mm-hmm. we are able to for visual effects we can uh, track the phone or uh, you know be able to add the graphics later on. Um, so uh, to uh, to technically we had to be right on that note, and then. Uh, during the design phase we already knew that this is going to be the scale and size of the model because we received like uh, line drawings and design uh, from the production design team and then our design would be then designed on like put on top of their models you know and then showcase to the creatives to get their approval so yeah. like uh, they are actually from an architecture background so they used to send okay. like renders on yeah. so even so, the structures of the wall and the gate they yeah. had a particular style in mind and then uh, for the walls especially we collaborated yeah. a lot with our artists mm-hmm. uh, so they had yeah. autocad autocad kind of uh, illustrations of what it would look like okay. and we would take all that you know number data and then we spoke to our cg supervisor uh, but before that we came up with the yeah, concept we, art and all with yuvraj yeah yeah so we collaborated with our artist yuvraj who was who was responsible pretty much entirely for all the world building yeah. uh, you know he like he used to love reading stuff to so me and him would jam on how the dome should look like and that yeah. took like multiple iterations of the wall should look like the wall and the gate we would uh, iterate and we would then show like we would showcase our design to the production design team and then they would let us know what we do how much of that structure would be possible to make for the shoot in time <coughs> 
and then how much of it will have to be then extended, modeled in CG. Extended in CG. Yeah. So then these kind of back and forth and these conversations helped us build those, like finalize those designs. And we all of us had to pretty much be on the same page yeah. so that the product, it's easier for every department to do their job uh, perfectly, you know. So uh, the, the wall design and all the designs were done by Yuvraj in collaboration with us. and. Uh, it's Yuvraj Jha, basically. He's the okay. monkey verse on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, definitely share his work as well in the show notes of the episode. It'll yeah. So good. His work is amazing. And because the first thing that Deepa Mehta said was it has to be Indian. The design has to be Indian. And we, we after the meeting, we were on our way back to the studio and we were like, Indian design who, who has a grasp on Indian structure and design and the first thing that we could think of was Yuvraj. And we had worked with Yuvraj earlier on uh, in OK Jan. Okay, Jan yeah. He's the artist from Manali who created all those uh, okay. uh, amazing platforms. Mumbai 2.0. Yeah. So we spoke with him and we told him, hey, for this, this is a very interesting project. It's dystopian. Great realistic, but
uh, marked out the elements that will be uh, production design elements and then the extension of that which will have to be in post-in visual effect. So we did that marking, we got that 360 clip ready for the team and then we yeah. also shared it with Yuvraj yeah. who then took it up from there and then he designed on top of it. Right. So that anybody and everybody in the team could look at it and understand okay, this is this is what's gonna happen later to whatever we are sh shooting. And production design team was also clear okay, this, these are the things that we need to use to fill the frame. And if we need, if they needed to uh, sort of add or duplicate many of those material uh, to put in on set, uh, then we also during the shoot we took like uh, 360 degree plates of all of those. Like tin cans, uh, there was this huge tower and there yeah. were these old vehicles, tires and, tires and everything. And then they recreated that in 3D to be used for yeah. post. You know? so, so, I mean, a lot of that happened very organically and efficiently because of the digital age that we live in. You know? Like, imagine a DOP being able to like use a storyboard of a location that he's at and see, okay, this is where. This is going to be CG. This is not going to be CG. This is going to be live action. So this is where I should plot my camera. This is where I should draw. This is where we can put a chroma. This is where I can't. You know, that kind of interactive decision making is only possible now, right? Absolutely. And uh, we used all, the, yeah, we used all those tools. And even Netflix was very impressed that we were able to do something like that. Uh, but it's just because of the kind of artists that we work with. You know? It's just that. Otherwise, even you wouldn't know that it's possible to do something like that. It's like you're hit with a problem and then we figure out the question. And many yeah. of the, besides these, many of the uh, like holograms and everything was we collaborated with this, uh, uh, like a dear friend and a great 3D, uh, gen he's a 3D generalist animator, Varun mm. uh, Ramana. And uh, he was also a very integral part of the entire process because yeah. 3D was his. Domain. Domain. You know, he yeah. knew exactly uh, what needed to be done on set and uh, technically, and uh, what all information he would need be later used in post. You know, so and he came up with these really <coughs> indigenous Sorry. ideas of uh, like we. Of course, we knew that because it's a Netflix show, it's not going to have budget for a lighter scan at least in, in Netflix Indian show. So we had uh, developed our own indigenous ways of getting scans of locations and 3D information of the location, which we, which we then utilized for, say, the pyramid sequence, for the hologram. Uh, there was this uh, engineer who had a holographic demonstration in front of kids, right? He's yeah. showcasing the dome structure that was, that was the plan of the government. And uh, so the design of that dome was done uh, in collaboration with Yuvraj. We basically wanted this very... Uh, intricate pattern on top of the dome which doesn't look very western because our like in anything indian um, uh, if, it's, if it's an indian design though we don't have like a lot of references of indian design there, there is a particular way we approach uh, design and intricate patterns and details uh, and circular structures and uh, and then uh, tiny yeah. details and uh, around them is, is a standard in most Indian design, and we decided to use that lattice pattern on top of the dome. And then that's which when, is like the Aryavarta symbol, no? Actually. Yeah, Aryavarta is the name of this uh, world. this world basically, one country uh, that's ruled by one government. So, that's I have seen the show, so I, I know the details that you guys are talking about. It's actually really fascinating for me because 
through this podcast i'm able to have this conversation with you guys and get insights about so many projects that you have done which i have seen over the last couple of years so it's really great to get such in-depth information about how you approach these projects and especially the collaborative aspect of it like the number of people involved in actually making it happen is so vast like there are so many artists each of them bringing their mm-hmm. own expertise because you can only do so much as an individual all you can do is have ideas uh, and you know there's a level of artistry that we have which caps you know at a certain technological and artistic level yeah. uh, from there on it's all about the collaboration you know that's what we feel makes us puts us uh, in this kind of advantageous situation having yeah. all these friends who do amazing now they become friends only they are not uh, yeah we, you know we now have colleagues they are all friends it, it's become that and there's this mutual trust and respect and uh, it's it's just an instinctive we, we work together well so it is we understand what we are trying to communicate with one another okay if this something doesn't work and like words sometimes fall short of what you want to describe because it, it's a visual medium right you want to create something visually that you obviously cannot explain sometimes with words and having uh, that sort of a, a synchronicity with another artist who gets what what is the vision where you want to go with this really helps you know and it's happened with multiple artists so even with tyaga he's made the storyboard looking at the storyboard taking it to like how how will it look in live action so the concept artist needs to then take it further ahead create the depth create the glow create the patterns on it and then uh, you know arriving at the letters pattern was also like a long process because initially we were going for very sci-fi uh, minimalistic designs and uh, you know not keeping many patterns in it because we were worried we were very concerned about how to showcase uh, both the city inside the wall structure outside uh, the city and then <coughs> the dome on top uh, you know and then we also had to like because we work on when we work on something we go into like every little detail like how would imagine this city really existed what would be the actual height of it and how many uh, what would be the pipeline structure of it and what sort of uh, uh, you know how would people breathe in, if there was a dome and so we literally thought of if if there will be inlets and outlet outlet valves uh, in the city so we created those designs created the base and then arrived at the dome structure on so uh, the process was very like step by step and then we had to do a lot of research about uh, uh, architectural uh, you know concept basic concept of the normal height of a step and all of these things that we were never aware of and we got a lot of support from the production design team because they were from they had architecture background right? so they helped us with some of the information and we would have a creative collaboration with the uh, production house the director uh, and with the netflix creative team and then after their inputs came in and we sort of then arrived at this structure so many so it's 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 very organic while you're doing this are also going on set making sure that uh, everything's being shot technically right and then you're also making uh, like uh, filling up excel sheets and doing all of that and then also communicating with the actors so while it was happening it was all very organic but these were the steps that were involved in creating these designs and we remember these steps because we did the breakdown <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't do the breakdown we would not have 
we would not know what to say and how to say it because it was all a blur mm-hmm. and it all happened so quickly and there's too many things happening at the same time so yeah <laughs> now that's fascinating actually a lot of especially in projects of this scale there are so many designs that go hidden at the end of the like when the shoot or when the final product comes out there are so many details that are missed out because it's just a split second but to reach that final point so many decisions have to be taken and then you arrive at that final design so it's quite fascinating to showcase that process as well as look back on how things are going beautiful like when you mentioned the statement i just realized that most of this process is trusting uh, your artist to take those right decision for the project along with you and their right decision influence a lot uh, how as to how the final quality of the product ends up looking like you know so mm-hmm. uh, when my dop takes the right decision and my colorist takes the right decision when my artist takes the right decision you know it really influences and impacts the final product is going to look like so uh, and that's why the trust also with those artists is it develops and it, it stays because of that reason because they are right decision helps us deliver a product product that's fascinating i think we're reaching on the 2 hour mark i don't know how much more time you guys have <laughs> oh can... really yeah wow wow <laughs> we like talking about ourselves yeah we like talking about <laughs> ourselves a lot i guess <laughs> no no i absolutely love these kind of long conversations because especially i think this is the fun thing right because we are talking for the first time and immediately we are able to get into such detail about the kind of work we like doing as well as the process behind it so looking forward i generally always like to ask this question to the artists that i speak with how far ahead do you plan in terms of the kind of work that you want to do the kind of projects that you want to achieve or technically or overall how how do you approach that future so for me it's uh, i'm learning so i wouldn't say like my plans are perfect but mostly i have a vague idea of where the first half of the year should go or what what are the things that i need to achieve as artist and now i also want to develop Uh, my own content so we we are writing that so i have a set out of okay this is comfortable space and this is what is i should be able to get closer to achieving this within this time within this year see and in terms of motion design for like in uh, plan is to see okay now what is the latest design trend and how to use that you know what what how can we um, in terms of design basically we feel like okay what is the next thing that we can run out which will not age so fast and be in trend or it will be the next okay next uh, there'll be a wave of these kind of visuals that can happen or this is something very interesting that has not been explored at all uh, anywhere so we that's that's the approach and it it's not a okay i need to think about this sit in a dark room and think about it it's a oh, i've i've been seeing these uh, artworks and these animations and these designs that i need i we keep chatting and we keep talking about it and it just organically when we get a project or when we called on for something in particular it's probably sub, a, a subconscious decision where you just go like okay this is what maybe we should try for this one uh, because then we work very well story and also i think in trend uh, and it look good 
So that way, <clears throat> there are these wishes also that happen. That once like a really title, a good title sequence, or any really good VFX, and you think like, oh man, I want to do this also, <laughs> like in something, what and why. So you kind of make a mental somewhere. Yeah. I'll do this, yeah. but uh, sometimes it happens that. By the time you get a project where you have to do it, it's been done a lot. Like to like so double exposure being done so well, and we're like, okay, we need to do double exposure. So we pitched it a couple of times and all. But whoever saw it, they're like, no, no, we're not interested. <clears throat> then suddenly everyone started doing double exposure, and then we're like, oh man, it's the boat on that one, you know. And then it when someone approached us and said we want to do a double exposure title sequence, it was like too many people have done it, so we can't. And also, it's been done so well. By yeah, no one touched it. True detective. So in we our don't opinion, yeah. yeah. So we feel like we shouldn't touch it. It's sacred. We shouldn't touch it. Yeah. So there's that, but I I feel like uh, we try level best not to do something that that seen like we sometimes what happens is during ideation also we reach an area where we feel like oh, this is like that mm-hmm. and then quickly we go like okay maybe we should think of another way because it is like that and you know people call out uh you know people call us out easily like these days it's so easy for people to say secret games the title sequence people kept saying it's directly copied from game of <laughs> you know, just, and you can why they would think that because yeah. you are having camera movements across a surface with some metric patterns and stuff like that. But Game of Thrones was Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was. It was about the map. It was about you know the different uh, houses and stuff like that. Ours was a mandala, so, so because it has similar camera movements, it's not. Copied from that or whatever. Yeah, definitely. So, There's a different. I mean, people have to understand the nuance <laughs> between the two different title sequences. Yeah. In fact, we we also when this when the sequence when the show released, we and we were interviewed at that point. We like we were we had to sort of explain that these are title sequence tropes, like any like a particular style of like even like storytelling. Have a particular narrative. Any genre films will have a particular narrative, and title sequence is also a genre of sorts. And so it 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 will have particular cinematic style, language, cinematic yeah. language that <clears throat> might be similar in many sequences. If you look at it that way, that doesn't mean yes. Right? So yeah. we had to explain that because not many people were aware, and that and it's it's sometimes it's a compliment if people say it looks like Game of Thrones. It, also means like you were aiming the right direction so it's cool <laughs> people do the re- reference point is a huge show it's a very popular show and it's a very popular study system so it's good you take it as a compliment <laughs> yeah at least you know that yeah. they associate your work with that quality benchmark so that's always a good thing as well yeah. uh, i think one last question that i want to end the conversation on is for people who now want to get into the Art of designing titles in India specifically. How do they approach that career? Because there's not that much information out there. Whatever tutorials or workshops are 
it's mostly from the artists abroad so how do they approach specifically designing for titles in indian shows and movies in india so i have any uh, un possibly unconventional advice for this because because this is such a niche market and not many people or uh, big studios exist help uh, a current artist to do take this up as a career i think the only way that if suppose i am an artist wanting to be a title sequence i would make a reimagined title sequence of my own of any particular film that i like Mm-hmm. and put it out there you know i think that would be the best way to showcase how you see things and how you approach a particular there can be no other way to explain uh, what is it that you want to do you know also uh, you got when you have to pick that font and when you have to pick the design language when you want to like literally you know everything about the process as a student or as a as a coach just starting out you will learn a lot more about the process when you start yeah. putting things out there and then once you are obviously like when your work is out there people have to and then if they see this uh, work of yours chances are you getting a title sequence to be made, like uh, to do your own title sequence for a particular hire uh, as opposed to not putting anything out and if it and also something that you like doing you know mm-hmm. like because that will also dictate how uh, how you are able to express what you like to express you should express and just put your work out there and with instagram and that youtube and uh, facebook and everything that's out there these days to be able to showcase your work uh, nothing can stop you really to shine so to the right the right hashtags to with your work will be discovered there are many agencies many people many production houses looking for more more artists the very few artists who are in the industry sometimes are booked for the year you know so you can get that one big shot of yours to do something just put your work out and call for it say i mean as yeah like she said that is definitely unconventional at us <laughs> because you know uh, there are a lot of people out there who do that uh, i i think that <clears throat> i think it's very important in india for us to start thinking of all of this as a community mm-hmm. you know because we have communities for religion we have communities for let's say film appreciation and stuff like that but we don't have motion design communities yet we do have community communities of artists and instagram is a great place for that as well but i think we should form communities so that people can learn from us and benefit from it and join in on the action uh, but i think the biggest step that a person in order to get into the whole motion design scenario is learn design first Right. Like you, you can't be a motion designer without being a designer. And animation is the second stage. Design is the first stage. You know, so you really need to learn design. Uh, and if it's not at, I mean, I wouldn't say go to arena animation or something because I'm not <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all names. But I'm saying most uh, places like that they teach you this. They don't teach you. 
they don't teach you the design ka principles. Or principles or you know you need to go to a design school or do a certificate course online or something of for design then you start understanding what color is how color can change your mood and how it influences you know things in uh, in in the frame and then what kind of typography you can uh, that complements the kind of mood that you are trying to convey all those things will happen after design education comes to you you know so you need that you need to spend some time in art and design and learn that yeah. and then your second step after that is animation so first it's art and and then animation and then when you do both of that together is when you become a designer and of course once you have a good grasp of it i i personally don't think i still have a good grasp of it because it's infinite like there's yeah. so much there that it's really hard to say that you are at any good level because there's always someone better than you so i would say just keep keep trying to experiment and keep an open mind keep an open mind yeah keep looking at new things keep yeah. admiring other art it will yeah. really inspire you if you and yeah and make sure you reach out to people who do it for a living and you can collaborate with them or work with them or intern because we have been very cool with that like a lot of uh, Young interns, artists, yeah. yeah, young artists, interns have come work with us mm-hmm. on our projects and learn. Like Jishnu Chatters, uh, yeah. one of our most recent uh, collaborators who uh, who worked with us on Gustav on on in season two on some big projects. Yeah. While he uh, and Lela also yeah. on Lela, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was an integral part of Lela because a lot of the motion design, animation elements and stuff like that, he only got scratch. Yeah. so he came not knowing what he was getting into what kind of projects he was getting into he came in okay i know that you guys are doing the kind of work that i want to do so i'd love to work with you and i don't mind there's no money in it or if there's very little money in it for me it, it's important to learn this yeah. so then he came and then he showed his potential you know then after that now we you, recently did title sequence for uh, scam 1992 Oh wow, that's awesome! Tony, yeah, yeah, he's he's the guy who did it. Just no Chatterjee. He did it on his own. Yeah, you know. So that's the level you reach once you connect with the right people in the industry, and uh, because everybody needs help, nobody does it alone. But you be prepared to not just immediately as soon as you walk into the door, you break the scene. That's not going to happen. You need to do the groundwork. You need basically. to do the groundwork. You need to be somebody's assistant. You need to be prepared to have sleepless nights, you know, because that muscle is you're going above and beyond where that artist cannot function anymore, you know. Yeah. So you have to be prepared to be uncomfortable. You have to be prepared to go hungry a little, which I think you won't assume when you see me. But that has happened, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, you have to do that you have to put in that time and energy and effort and then it will happen if you do it enough it will happen you know so that's my only advice like it's it's going to take time whom that is going to take time and give it your best you know that 
only advice to give. I think what I really like about this entire thought process is that you're not sugarcoating the paths to get to that point where you're designing the title sequence by yourself. But as long as you're taking the initiative and reaching out to people, then you can start building that network. And it's a very circular thing because that whole our whole conversation started with uh, Yashoda reaching out to Vijesh. And now we end at a point where other artists who are at the beginning of their journeys need to start reaching out to people who are better than them in this industry so that they can learn from them, intern with them. Anything, even a small start can get your foot into the door and then you can start developing from there. So it's quite interesting that way. Well, guys, I think we can close the conversation here. It was a great talk. It was really fun. It was so, I mean, it's really, it feels great to be able to talk about the things that we do in a very casual uh, conversation because generally when we put in front of the camera and the lights and there's a microphone to it, it just gets too uncomfortable and you're like not used to all attention. But there was, this was very easy to talk. Uh, about uh, all the I think anxiety. it's him actually. I think it's him. It's, yeah. yeah, it's you. You actually feel very comfortable. <laughs> it was a lot easier talking to you in our previous interviews for sure. You are you are also an art person. You also an artist. It was easier to connect in that manner. I guess so that's why it's. Uh, uh, it was great talking to you. Thank you for like thinking about us and. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story to just close the conversation. I think a year and a half back, I had received an email from Vijesh for a Netflix project, but I wasn't able to take up that at that point. So it's really funny that we're connecting back now. It must have been there now. Probably. Now that I think about it, it must be that. That's full circle. So I think you were on Art Station then. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, all well, concept art you'll That's know. where I connected you, right? Probably. Um, <laughs> I think then we've both seen your work. Obviously, <laughs> we've both seen your work, admired it, and felt the need to immediately message you for sure. That's what it must have happened. So, this is great. This is great to finally be able to see you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, let's keep in touch. Down the line.